Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. After days of hard work, planning, and a few close calls, the Yugoloth that has been stalking Travancore is finally dead. Our battered, bruised, and recently revived heroes have just destroyed the Fiend, and it's horrid with an epic battle. And with it being sent back to the Nine Hells, the Heralds hope it will be disinclined to pursue them any further, and can finally destroy the amulet once and for all. But first, maybe some healing needs to happen, and that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have two drinks tonight. First, I just have a lemonade and vodka that my lovely husband made for me. He actually made this for me several hours ago, but I was still hardcore at work and so had to wait until I could relax a little bit. The other drink I have is just water with some of the water additive that I put in it because, you know, water. Except I have it in my groom's person. Yes! And I would have put the the drink in the groom's person mug, except Luke made me a drink. And so I wasn't going to say no to that. So my water today is in my lovely groom's person mug. So thank you. And so with that, we'll start with Carlton. What are you drinking? Uh, So I'm still working through that batch of sodas that I picked up. Uh, So today's random uh, selection was Moxie Original Elixir. Uh, It's distinctively different. So let's give it a taste. The flavor is elixir? It literally says elixir. So it's going back to like the the cure your ills like roots of soda. And I guess I should let yeah. Jules speak of that because she probably knows more about it than <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's got like kind of like a, a mix of like a cola and sarsaparilla type taste. Okay. All right. A curative tonic if ever there was one. Fun it's fact, Moxie is one of the base stats in Kingdom of Loathing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Travancore. We'll go with you next, then. Cool. What are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice is something local. It is 2SP Brewing Company's Clean and Crisp Pony Boy Light Lager. Ooh. It should be a golden ale, if we're really... (laughs) Well, they're based in Aston, which is like like maybe five miles from here. They apparently are going to be doing a a drive-thru event where you can get growlers and stuff from them. So, but, um... I don't know, after years of beer exploring and trying different things, uh, there are... A nice lager is a good thing for, for summer. We're going to do a live tasting here just to refresh my memory because it's been a little while since I've had this. Crisp, and? clean, perfect. Like, definitely, almost like... I don't know if anyone's familiar with Steam Whistle, but yeah. like, st- it, if Steam Whistle was made in America, this is what it would, ta- would taste like. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. And with that, Bernie... What are you drinking? I have an entry into the cider war. Ooh. All right. Uh, it is a pear cider. Ooh. It is from Eden Grove, which is uh, handpicked in Ontario. So these are Ontario pears. I don't know if Ontario pears are any good friends, but the ones we've had from the grocery store, I got are good to me. Uh, it's gluten-free and apparently vegan-friendly, which means it says nice things about ve- vegans. I feel like vegan-friendly is such a weird thing. Like, they need to just tell you nothing in the, you know, like, just say it's vegan. 
Don't be like, we're friendly. We like you vegans, but we we're don't know if this one. We're vegan allies. Vegan allies. We're cool with vegans existing, but we're, we're not going to vegan aligned. If you exactly. can drink this. <laughs> this is vegan adjacent. Did animals <laughs> no, die no, that's different. This? We don't we, We've even... come up with three vegan A words. <laughs> we didn't check, but we did not check. I don't know. Um, sorry. Oh, uh, a lot of fun was had tonight at the expense of vegans. At the expense of pears. Yeah. So How's the cider? <laughs> let's taste it. Friends, let's taste your cider. I also love that, that uh, you had to preface all of that with, pears have always been good to me. <laughs> People have, ooh, I like that. You know, I like it. It tastes, We. I will say that it's because we are also like getting pears a lot with our, uh, with our produce order. You know how some things are like, oh, this tastes like an artificial this. This tastes like a pear, and it's good, and it's a little bit tart, and it's not overly sweet. And um, if you are if you are in Ontario, if they think they brew out of Toronto, uh, so you can probably you can probably get this at your local LCBO. And if you're not in Ontario, you might be able to get this at your local LCBO. But I'm I'm never aware of how provincial laws work when it comes to liquor going places. Oh, um, uh, it's usually best to just not go across any kind of line that's drawn on a map. Uh, <laughs> that's I, usually the safe way of going about it. I would like to, um, as someone who is both, uh, well, is is a Canadian permanent resident and an American citizen, I follow things uh, politically in both countries. And of course, uh, most people here, this is, this is a request. Um, if anybody sees this, let me know, or if you know where to get it. So I heard, I saw an article many moons ago about this beer made by a Quebec brewer, and I think it is like a milk stout, um, but I could be wrong. And it was made after USMCA, and if you follow it at all, you know that those in Quebec were very unhappy about the how the dairy, whatever the fuck happened in dairy with USMCA, the dairy section of USMCA, or uh, CUMSA if you're in Canada, <laughs> comes up. <laughs> okay. Canadian, uh, C-U-S-M-A, Kusma, Kusma, sorry. Kusma. Uh, Kusma. Canada-United States-Mexico agreement instead of the United States, uh, yeah. Um, everybody <laughs> wants their country first. Uh, but yeah. basically, there was a brewery that made a beer with all Quebec dairy, and it was called Je me souviendre, which means, uh, it's like, Je me souviendre means, I, I'm not going to forget, like, I we will remember, but the me was like it's like an angry cow <laughs> like the cow's pissed the cow's not gonna forget the wrong you did to it in negotiating this trade deal that will replace nafta <laughs> so and I'll, I'll, I'll whatever your political feelings on it side i've really all i saw a thing about that beer i really want to try that beer if you have if you see it if you know where i can get it we all have a lot of free time on our hands right now i'm I'll order it if there's like safe pickup and I'm allowed to cross the border into Quebec. I'll fucking drive to Quebec one day. What the hell else am I gonna do? I'll, I'll keep my mask on. I'll keep my gloves on. I'll make sure anybody involved in getting me this beer is uh not. They'll I'll pop the trunk of the car and let them put it in there. I really want to try this beer. I've just remembered that I want to try this beer and I now have all this time in which to go find it. A plea to the universe. A plea. A plea to any of our uh, Ontario Quebec listeners, specifically our Quebec listeners out there. I just want to, I've seen like a picture, there's an angry cow on it, and it's got another like pun. There's another French pun in there, I think, in like when I was reading some of the label stuff about it. I've always wanted to try it though, so 
you do not have to buy this for me or ship it to me. Nope. Just tell me if you see it. If you see it in the wild, buy one and drink it for me. Ooh, there you go. A, a, a plea to our listeners. <laughs> and now I got I have to find out. Jonathan, do you have a plea to our listeners too? Also, I'm sorry. My French pronunciation is horrible. It, you're going to have to get over that part, but I'm trying. <laughs> hey, listen, it's better than mine. I'm not going to make fun of it. It's way better than mine. Uh, but I, I, I don't have any... <laughs> I don't have any pleas just yet, uh, other than to say, hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And tonight, I have a very simple drink. It is a tequila and Sprite Zero. It is quite, quite good. Uh, it takes me back to the days when I was of undisclosed age, and I was having my first few drinks. And it may have been tequila and Sprite. We're not going to discuss how old I was when I did that. What, what do what you we... call this drink? Because you have to call it something. The, we're not going to discuss how old I was when I first tried this drink. Yeah. <laughs> what we're about... just gonna, we're focusing on the name. We're, we're just going to call it undisclosed. Yeah. I don't know. If sure. My, the four or five <laughs> wrestling fans who listen to this podcast might want to call it Cero Miedo for Zero Fear. I was thinking you could call it Youthful Indiscretions. You know what? Since it's made with Sprite Zero, Cero Mero. That's what it's called. Oh, miedo. Miro. Cero miedo. Miro. Excellent. I'm not trying to say that right. I don't my, know if you are my either. My Spanish pronunciation is not great, apparently. Hey. We'll, we'll get it up on our Instagram. We'll hey, figure it friends, out. friends, we're all bad at basically everything that's not English. <laughs> and even most days we can't handle English. Uh, if we fuck your language up, it's not on purpose. We really are trying. We are really sorry. And then But I have here this, uh, this shot of Fireball. And it's in my adorable Bucky's uh, shot glass. And uh, I'm going to drink it at the first casting of a spell uh, that's at the level of or equivalent to Fireball. And uh, this uh, this shot's going out to a couple of folks who are a big part of our D&D family. And they are Liam O'Brien and Laura Bailey. They It is their, both their birthday today. That's why they played twins in the first uh, Critical Role campaign, because they share a birthday. So, uh, Laura and Liam, happy birthday. I've only had the opportunity to meet one of you, and uh, it was great. So, happy birthday, guys. And this fireball shot is for you. Happy birthday. Cheers, and happy birthday, as of the recording of this game. So, there you go. Now you know when we recorded this game. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I have no transition from birthdays to near-death experiences, but here we go. Birthdays. Yay! Here's here's my transition. Jonathan, you talked about how you were going to enjoy that lovely drink in celebration of the birthdays of those two lovely people when you cast a, essentially a fireball. Do you have any third level spells left? I actually do. Okay. <laughs> I have That's a, good to know. Uh Jonathan the Magimuscular, as he breathes heavily, kind of takes uh takes stock of himself and realizes that he has his highest level spell slot right now is a fourth level spell. That's cool. Mine's a first level. That's still nothing to, to sneer at. So the reason our spellcasters might be feeling a little uh, low in the tank is because it's been a long 30 minutes or so. Like, it hasn't been that long, really, but it feels like it's been weeks, probably because it's been just wave after wave after wave of enemies and enemies. And the last group included that Ultraloth that has been stalking you for a very long time. And they showed up and with a, a, a word of power, downed Travancore, and then were very quickly downed themselves. And so here we are moments after Bernie has used one of her diamonds and some of the power of her goddess to bring Travancore back from death 
You all stand around. Carlton has returned from the plane of puppies. <laughs> John, Debbie plane of puppies. The Debbie plane of puppies. You, yes, you're right. I mean, some of you died and some of you went to the plane of puppies. And, you know, we haven't asked Travancore for all we know. His afterlife includes a plane of puppies. So, but but that's up to him to decide. I would be interested, actually, to have that discussion because as Jules or as Bernie or I both think we can do it either way I just I had a thought of the mechanics of how all these different like she has all these different spells that work depending on passage of time mm-hmm. so I would have theories about how you know the idea of how much you have to expend and what kind of spell slot it is and she used what revivify use revivify so I'll I'll give you I'll give you my short list of the things that I think. However, I am willing to roll with both what our resident cleric thinks and the people who've currently been dead, what they would prefer to think. So the nice thing about Revivify is it happens within a minute of death and you just do it and it happens. And there's not really any lasting consequences, unlike some of the higher level spells that have a little bit more power. So the way that I've always figured Revivify is your soul is still pretty much right there and you haven't the soul hasn't gone anywhere or if it has it hasn't gone far when i have played a character who has died and then been yanked back like that uh usually i've role played as i don't remember what has happened or if it's been a a devout character they've gone to say hi to their god for a moment It's the later spells where you're gone for a little bit longer, where the soul has to be both willing and able to return that they might remember things. And uh, I've kind of left it up to the characters and the players about whether they do or not, because I think that's different for everybody. So in this case, I will say with it being Revivify, Travancore probably doesn't really remember anything. However... If Travancore would like to say otherwise, I will not contradict him. The last thing I remember before I woke up was being in the kitchen of our palace. And my great-great-grandmother was there, which is odd because I never met my great-great-grandmother. And she was making a cup of chai. And she asked me to hand her some sala. And I was a kid. And I don't really know why I was a kid at the time, but I did. And she was talking about this and that. It's hard to remember exactly what she was talking about. And then the the chai was ready, and she handed me a cup. Before I could drink from it, I woke up. I have personal analytical reasons. I have a personal analysis of what that means, but... Well, what does... I would be curious to know in this moment, as you're all recovering, as as Travancore, Travancore, I'm assuming you said this out loud? Yeah. I would like to hear what the characters have to say in this moment. Also, I mean, please, whatever you'd like to do, uh, what, what would you like to do? Um, I was just going to say that Julia personally thinks it was sort of a Miracle Max situation. <laughs> That's the theory I had. So, yeah. Travancore uh, was to blave. To blave. To blave. Yeah. To blave. Uh, <laughs> no, um. And that's Bernie coming in. Liar, liar, liar. She just, actually, what she did is she hit Travancore. <laughs> she just whacked Travancore over and over again uh, and put I a mean, bell in the I the first time you're using mouth. Revivify on one of us, right? So. You're not dead. <laughs> uh, no. Bernie says, what was your grandmother's name? Priyanka. Priyanka. Well, the next time you see her, you should thank her. 
from me for making my job easier and keeping your soul safe for a little while. What? I try, of course, not going to translate that. Jonathan the Magic Muscular goes up to Shadow and kind of like leans on Shadow, but also kind of scratches Shadow and says, Good boy. Well done. Good job. Shadow has a wry grin and then walks over to uh, to Travancore, a bit tentative at first, but then sniffs, and then runs over to Travancore, starts licking him on the face uncontrollably. Uh, Bernie goes, wait, 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 he's still very, very nearly dead. Um, <laughs> oh, oops, two points of damage. <laughs> you can, you two points of licking damage. Him. At this point, you could lick him to death. That could happen, and I only have so many diamonds. And so she's uh, gonna use one of the remaining first level spell slots she's got, and she's gonna gonna quickly cast healing word as uh, Shadow licks him, thus making Shadow think that he is a licking healing bear. <laughs> fire bear and medic bear. Fire bear. It's a cleansing a- fire. <laughs> He's a yes. paramedic. He's a paramedic. <laughs> I like it. And I'll I'll do that. I'll quickly get you what it is, just so you have some more than one hit point. But uh. Yeah, you're going to need that. Well, so, huh. Jonathan the Magimuscular proposes that we clear the field. We get out of here in the open, maybe go back to the cabins, what's left of them. Jonathan the Magimuscular can't take us anywhere quickly. I think we're all due for a, a nice hot bath. But oh, I can, I uh, I can at least put salts. up the, I can at least put up the, the tiny hut for the night. Well, actually, what time of day is it? It's not that late, is it? It's about just after noon. It's like two o'clock. You oh, arrived. God. <laughs> yeah, so you arrived in the morning, like late morning. You scoped the field. You took care of a bunch of stuff. Despite the fact that, as I said, it's, it feels like these fights have gone on forever. There were only a couple of rounds in each fight, and there was only a few minutes between each battle. And so... Overall, this entire in- bunch of encounters maybe took an hour. Maybe is our carriage still around? Is the oh thing- no. no, 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 that that was a couple hours ago. So it dropped you off. Carlton communed uh, to get some questions answered. You built a fire. You planned a bunch of stuff. You set up the tiny hut. So it's been a couple hours since you arrived, but it is only about two o'clock in the afternoon. It is still even with it being in the middle of winter. Several hours before even dusk. How long is the hike back to Neverwinter? Proper? Oh, it's all... You would not get back until about just before midnight. It Jonathan is not... the Muscular has an idea. We're not walking. No. no. How, how's our bird? <laughs> Bucks? We could, no, no we could just our fly. bird token. <gasps> yeah. Big bird. Fly we back could town. fly. We could says, fly. Hold on. If we fly too high. No, we'll fly, we'll fly like low so that we don't get like... Frostbite. Yeah, I was worried. You got 11 hit points, by the way, Jack. <laughs> it's it's okay. fine. Jonathan the Muscular does have enough in the tank for a feather fall, should we need it. But yeah, I think we can take the bird token because it's been... It's been it, more than like a couple of months. It's been a while, yeah. All right. Sure. And Jonathan, do you remember like any like down? good spas or massage parlors in town? Like from when you were in college here? Because like I know I could like... My my delts are like real tight, and like I could just have someone like pound like a little halfling ashiatsu, and I'd be great. So Jonathan the Magimuscular usually got his massages from like the trainers, you know, like post portal ball. Yeah. Uh, Thought so... you were gonna say another p word. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we can find something. But I think yeah. it would be 
if we get into town, that actually saves us from Jonathan the Metromuscular having to send people to tell us to tell them, hey, we're okay. We can I can make a stop at the college and make the rounds. Yeah, because like once we're in town, then we can get around pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Let's mount up. Bernie, did you have a question about this flight into town? Bernie did have a question, which is if we come flying in on a large bird, are we going to get shot down? Well, we could. Jonathan the Magimuscular considers this. <laughs> well, she'll say it in the Bernie voice. She'll say, look, um, I, you know, flying, flying's a thing that happens. People do it. I'm not particularly fond, and I don't want you to believe that this concern in any way has to do with the fact that I'd, you know, rather fall in the ocean. But how do they know that we're not coming swooping in for the attack? That's an excellent question, Bernice. And Jonathan, you know, yeah, you'd get shot down. Okay. Ooh. J- Jonathan the Magimuscular has a different solution. Uh, the one that he was going to originally do. Uh, I am going to send to our carriage driver, and because we have met him, and ask him to return to where he dropped us off. I will also say, Jonathan, uh, you know that if you fly over Neverwinter, yeah, they've got defenses. They're going to shoot you down. You could probably land outside the city gates and walk in, and it would be okay. It's the flight over that would be a problem. Ah, okay. So no, so no airdrop into Neverwinter, but uh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. I'll make your lives easy. <laughs> we will land into the front gates and announce ourselves. I am going to reach into my bag of holding and pull out two things. Uh, first is a healing cupcake, which I'm going to hand to Travancore. Really. I think your blood sugar is a little low. Try eating one of uh, these. Hold, hold, what we can do is we can also take a breather before we leave. And, yeah, do hit die, yeah. Take a yeah, rest, but... I've got like a bajillion hit dice that I don't think I've rolled in right, right, so a year. Let's put that cupcake away. What flavor is it? It's plain. They're all <laughs> vanilla. Vanilla. Uh, I was going to say it's uh, vanilla with lemon curd. No, like they don't. Cake. The healing ones, the healing ones are vanilla, chocolate, and red velvet. And and not good ones like, but like because... vanilla that that classic yellow cake chocolate icing. It's okay. Like the, the, the dollar store cake mix. Ah, a little Level. better than this. A well, tiny we, little bit better. If we are going to take the short rest, the hour short rest here, then the second thing I pull out is actually going to come in handy as I pull out this big old moonshine jug of alchemy jug that we have, and I go wine. <laughs> All right. All right. No, that's, uh, all that's good. Drink that's after good that Bernie does a, a quick mental calculation of blood alcohol levels and health points, <laughs> and she looks at Trapicorn and says, you can have one and one-third glasses, and then you'll start to die. <laughs> oh, all right. Trapicorn is going to roll hit die during what, what, what I, I assume is a short rest. If you'd like to spend an hour, uh, are you just going to hang out in the middle of this field? Or would you like to go to the academy? We'll light a bonfire. It'll be like high school. Yeah, you can you can head into one of the cabins. I'll say the same one that you were in before, which is still kind of warm from the fire you had built. Uh, you oh, can no. definitely spend as many hit dice as you'd like over the next hour. Bandage up your wounds. Relax a little bit. The alchemy jug only makes basic wine, but I will say, because I, I think wine. it just says, it's, it's, it's just wine, right? It doesn't list a red, oh, a white. What or, if it nope. makes wine to its preference, depending on how it reads the situation? Well, I'm, I'm going to say because it, it's a very basic table wine, but I will let you decide whether it's a red or a white. <laughs> it's a big old thing of Carlo Rossi. 
All right. <laughs> it's two buck chuck. You get a whole big chug of two buck chuck. Travancore is back up Frandia. to 67 <laughs> through the course of this hour. Did you guys ever do a tour to Franzia in? No. 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 That's a thing. We talked about doing apparently. it at RTX one time. I, I mean, it's not. I cannot recommend it. I oh. I understand that, but RTX and our condos at RTX are generally where bad decisions are made. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna roll a couple more of these. That's All 80. hit dice used. Eighty one. <laughs> so Jonathan the Magimuscular, uh, thanks to his arcane recovery feature, uh, now can recover eight levels worth of spell. But he is not going to recover any of his high level slots. He is actually going to recover a bunch of third level slots for sendings. <laughs> Okay. Ah! Raise your hand if you're back up to your full health. Because, Jonathan, <laughs> you were at 98, so it shouldn't take you much. I'm back up. Travancore, did you, how many hit, you had 11 hit points. I don't know if, 11, did you roll yeah, every hit dice one, you I have? I rolled everything I have. I'm, I'm only to 67 now. And for the for the record, our, our DM raised her hand when she asked, just for our listeners' well, benefit. Good. It's good to know that something survived this encounter. <laughs> I gotta get my Jake off. I'm not going to say something survived this encounter. I'm going to say something is back up to its full health. It might not be on this plane of existence anymore, but... Oh, oh fun times. All right, and the bear... You, you knew. The yeah. bear... Can we call the bear back up to health? Actually, no, the bear was doing just fine. Battle, she was at... Uh, I think he got uh, He's at 107. I think he's up at full health. Yeah, he's at full health. All right, you spend an hour pre-gaming and healing. I'm going to say... Unless someone decides to bogart the entire alchemy jug, even with the amount of wine that it produces because it is kind of a basic table wine, and because there are a bunch of you, nobody is actually getting intoxicated on this. Mm. I thought it makes 11 gallons. It does, but it's table wine, and, and you've got a Carlton. I thought it was one gallon of wine. Uh, I thought it made I th 11. Th I was, <laughs> what does it say? Alchemy jug. D&D Beyond, according to D&D Beyond, wine is one gallon. Ah, one that's, it's different amounts. It's four gallons of beer, twelve gallons of salt water, and how much mayonnaise? Ah, uh, egg sauce. It was yeah. eleven gallons of crunchy peanut butter. Is what it was. Eleven yeah. gallons oh. of crunchy peanut that's butter. That's what we homebrewed ruled. Why? Because way, if way I'm going to give you crunchy peanut butter, I might as well give you more than you could ever want. Okay. Wah, oh God. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to do next? Well, I feel like Bernie's a little drunk because she's a no, and she needs it. <laughs> I, I, if you would like to be slightly buzzed, sure. Bernie's just going to sit there and bask in the glow of what it feels like to defeat death for a second time. Jonathan the Magimuscular Cheers. kind of has that uh, really tired feeling after a long day. And it's just kind of like he's breathing heavy. He's got he's recovered some spells. Uh, he is going to feel like I should send. He's actually going to spend ascending. He's going to close his eyes and send ascending and uh, open his eyes. Yes. He has expended ascending. What is who is that? Were you planning to? on telling the DM who you sent to? Yes. So that the so that the person you sent to could give you a response. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Dorveen. <laughs> okay. Surprise, surprise. Are you trying to keep this uh, a secret from everybody, or would you like to at least play this out on air for our listening audience? And sure, we will... we'll we'll okay. play it out. That's fine. I would like sure. to see him roll to be smooth. Well. I don't know if he's going to be smooth. What would you like to send? So I figure Jonathan the Magimuscular has had, he doesn't send ascending every day, but every week or so he sends ascending. And at some point he probably sent her one saying, hey, getting into a big fight. I'll let you know how it goes. 
you know, one Dorveen's a good enough friend now to where he kind of like keeps her keeps her apprised of the major events that are going on. Okay, and, and so what's the sending that you send right during this hour? Or uh, after the hour, I should say. After the hour, uh, he says, we are all alive. The fight went well. And we're trying to decide what to do next. And there is a moment as the alchemy jug is being passed around. Uh, and then you, you get a pretty quick response. And she says, I appreciate that you're starting off with the we're all alive. That's better than your previous sendings. Are you looking for suggestions? Put a pin in that. And sure. uh, <laughs> you know that she knows how sendings work and isn't necessarily expecting an immediate third level spell slot to be spent again. So. Jonathan the Magimuscular is very lucky that he has keen mind because he remembers exactly like from week to week within a couple of days if there's a question what needs to be answered. And yeah, there's an understanding that if there's an immediate sending right after that, then it's bad. But otherwise, it's routine. And Jonathan the Magimuscular opens his eyes and says, well, I figure since we're going to be getting into town anyway, uh, there's no one that we need to let know that we were successful. Um, Did we want to... Bernie, we're going to need to go back to the mine and we're going to need to... Can we do that without Carissa or are we going to need her? Because we can, I could just send her something and say we're going to be there tomorrow. Because I'll have teleport back. What if we went the day after tomorrow? Sure. Ugh, she's the fucking worst. Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of scoots over to Bernie and just gives her a pat and squeeze on the shoulder. Like, yeah. I won't lie. I just really don't want to go back to see her. Well, if you think we can get this done without that i mean we can show up we can wave the paperwork that we came back to get and maybe the 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 maybe we'll just be let in we've proved ourselves we've taken care of this well the problem is look i don't think that we should go about making not an enemy but a frenemy of 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 the acolytes to the temple god of being very boring and sparse you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and they have a reason things are done that way for a reason and i don't really want to see her again but i also would prefer not to confirm everything she thinks about us okay i'm gonna send her a message I'm gonna well, tell if her. we if we don't want to see Carissa, maybe we just talk directly to the dwarf that runs the mine. That's what I was getting to. Is like... I think we have to go through Carissa because the dwarf that runs the mine runs. I correct me. It's been a minute, but Carissa would be guiding us through the mine. Correct. What you know is Carissa was supposed to be guiding you all the way to the temple or the the last bastion, the bastion of the last corruption. There we go. What you know is that she's supposed to guide you, You, but you do also know that uh, Overseer Van Walde Wyvernbane was the only other person that you know of, and you were told was on- the only other person at the mine who knew what the mine was actually there for, who knew about the passage. Um, you also know that the passage should be leaving from her private quarters, so that's why she knows. 
the indication was that Carissa is one of the few that knows about this passage and the overseer and the few people who are at the Bastion of the Last Corruption. But you don't know for sure whether Carissa is the only person. But you do you do know the overseer at the mine does know they know you and they know the the passage at least. So you have options. I think we should go through Carissa as much as it pains me to say it. Okay. I got the sense that the overseer while in on the operation is sort of a little like a bouncer, maybe. I don't know. We don't need to make this as any more complicated than it already is. At this point, I've literally died <laughs> for this. Right. And that's, if we don't full th- if you go through with this, then I died for nothing. Right. Yeah. And that, I, that's why, Bernie, I wanted to ask you how you wanted to handle this. Because if we can cut out Carissa, I'm more than happy to do that. But if you think this goes easier with Carissa's involvement, we do that. I think it, in the long run, my personal... Feelings aside, it goes easier with or with Carissa. Sorry, with Carissa. It goes easier with her. Okay. I will tell her that we will be at the gates of the last bastion tomorrow morning. You actually don't know where the gates of the last bastion are. You know that you're supposed to get into a tunnel from the mine to go oh, to at the, the uh, gate. Sorry, sorry. At, yeah. We'll be at the front gates of the mine uh, day after tomorrow. Okay. And so you're sending a sending to Carissa Kinborough? Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. going to say we are all alive. We are victorious. We'll, we will be at the gates of the mine tomorrow morning. You get a reply very quickly from her, surprisingly quickly, considering most of the time when you send descending to somebody, it takes people a moment, but she replies almost immediately. It's good to know that you are safe and alive. Contact me tomorrow after breakfast for more instructions. Okay. Jonathan, the man muscular, makes a note, and he opens his eyes and says, she was glad to hear that we were alive, and I am to contact her tomorrow morning after breakfast uh, to receive more further instructions. So that'll kind of inform how we spend the day, I guess. Mm. Bernie's going to take a really long sip of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, I actually tastes, have a mechanical uh, question. I, okay. No, no sure. go ahead. Yeah. yeah, if you have a... Uh, if you roll hit dice, can you, you are you barred from attuning to a device like during that time you're doing a short rest, or can you do both? You can do both. Okay, well, I'm going to attune to the amulet to protect me from scrying, because I never had a chance to do that. Sure thing. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of a short rest is you are just basically relaxing, and it, it's kind of like a, a, the version of a long rest, in where as long as you are not doing anything strenuous, that's fine. And attuning basically means just hanging out, being open to a magical object. So you can you can do a couple of those things at once. So absolutely. Cool. Cool. I don't need anyone else spying on me. Been a lot of that. Yeah. Jonathan the Magic Muscular at this point kind of because ha- he's got his his little pendant that he uses for Dawn as his material component. He's got his amulet on. He's starting to he's starting to get some chain going. He's starting to like Mr. Chain. T. I pity the fool he- that messes with your fireball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get on no bird, Hannibal. <laughs> he's got he's got a little bit of an open chest. He doesn't have any chest hair, but you know, he's like me. He's kind of smooth. Oh, I was about to say, is that a choice or is that a genetic? thing? It's a genetic thing. It is not. Okay. A, it, it it would be a choice if I had that choice, but I don't, and I'm happy. Okay. In um in character, 
for no reason, Bernie looks up from the, the jug of wine that she's wrapped her body around. She goes, it's okay. I don't have any chest hair either. High five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What would you like to do? <laughs> Whew. All right. Well, Jonathan, the magimuscular at the after kind of like breathing heavy, finding his breath, as they say, uh, rises from his cross-legged position and every, and things are a little lakey, but he's in a better position than others in the, in the party. And he's going to go outside. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to grab the feather and I'll be ready to go when you guys are. Uh, I'm going to pull out some of the blanket fort blankets that we have buried in the bottom of the bag. Just to kind of oh, like yeah, yeah. bundle good, ourselves up as good, we're going to hop good on this call. bird. Good call. So I pull out four blankets. Like It's like magic show. Like... <laughs> Of a multitude of colors. Yep. Jonathan the right. Muscular prestigiates some sparkles as you do it. And I'm like, all right. And like, and like Carlton's never shown that he gets cold in the, this weather. He's like, whoop, flaps it up and just immediately goes like burritoed. Like, all right, let's do this. All right. I'm out of rages. My rage no longer fuels me. I am cold. I want to sleep. Let's go. Jonathan the Muscular says the, the, the activation word over the rock feather and... Puts it down in the clearing. Okay. Go ahead and describe this for me. You haven't done this in a while. So what is what does this look like in this moment? So the feather, it rises with magical sparkly energy and it starts spinning. And as it spins, it turns into one feather uh, or two feathers, then four, then 16. Then it's just very quickly exponentially becomes a riot of feathers that uh, that sort of make a dome. And at the end, and after a little while, the dome erupts in two wings as the rock emerges majestically and then lowers its its body down and turns its head to Jonathan the Muscular. And you have a rock to ride. We want a I rock! Want a rock! <laughs> I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> always, always. I'm okay with this. All right, you climb on board? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fortunately, because you are not going very far, you do not have to go very high and you do not have to go very fast. So while it's still chilly, it is still a brisk ride. It is not quite so bad as the last time some of you took a ride on a rock in the uh, the cold, cold winter. And uh, Jonathan, I'm assuming you ask the bird to land at a respectable distance just outside the gates of Neverwinter. Yeah. And we're not even going to go up to the front. Like, we're not going to land in the front gates. We're going to land, like, I don't know, like, over the hill from the gates so we can at least just walk up and be like, hello. Yeah. And you do. You land, dismissing the massive bird it back into a little rock feather, literally, uh, that you pick up and you take the walk. The Neverwinter guards give you kind of the the briefest of lookovers and a nod, but you are let in without too much ceremony. And you are back in Neverwinter. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. 
This week's code expires on June 21st at 8 p.m. Pacific. So open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R-A-C-E-S-N-I-T-C-O-L-Y. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Bernie's going to go to the temple to see Cleo because she promised them she'd tell them. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go to the uh, academy to let whoever's around know. You know Professor uh, Trugust, uh, Professor uh, Wood, and anyone else who was in on, at least in on what we were doing, if not why we were okay. doing it. Carlton? Carlton wants to look for that massage parlor. <laughs> and Travancore? Travancore is going to help Carlton look for that massage parlor. <laughs> All right. I'm just imagining like spa day for, you know. Carlton loves a good spa day. Multi-class spa day. I just realized the last time we were all together, we were doing a spa day. Oh, yeah. It'll happen again. Okay. All right. Is the plan that you're the, that Jonathan and Bernie are going to tell their respective people and then join at the spa? Or were you planning on staying there and not joining at the spa? Uh, let's do this. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to be like, as we get in, give me 10 minutes. And he's going to recast uh, Rary's Telepathic Bond so that we can decide. Like, once we get done, we'll figure out what spa they're at. And then if we've, if we don't, if Jonathan the Magimuscular is out of meetings, yeah, he'll go spy. Okay. And Bernie, did you want to add anything to that plan? Bernie's actually gonna, she's gonna say no to the Telepathic Bond. She's got something she wants to do with Cleo. All right, so we're going to start with Spa Day, or at least we're going to start with the Spa Boys. Um, spa Boys! Spa Boys! Spa boys. I would like you to, uh, one of you to roll an investigation check, and the other can assist as you ask around for a place to go. Well, I think we all know who has to roll that investigation check, don't who, we? Who's Detective. investigating? Who's investigating, Jack? Well, Detective Travancore, obviously. Detective Travancore. <laughs> there because we go. Detective Travancore? Really needs this. I mean, Travis really fucking it. earned this. Travancore <laughs> earned it. So with advantage? Because he's yes. helping? All right. Uh, high roll is... Wait, uh, that is not... I rolled I rolled hit dice by accident. That is... That is <laughs> I'm like, what is all those... C- cut me some slack. I, I just came back from the dead. All right, here we go. High roll is 15. All right. You ask around and it doesn't take long to find out that there's only a couple of places in town that would cater to... Everything that you might want that isn't going to be incredibly expensive. And it seems like, at least from the people that you talk to, the place to go is the Peace Well Spa. And it's it's not that far. It's actually not that far from the theater that you all went to, that you saw the opera at. So it, it's one of the, the slightly more pricey options, but pretty much... The, the two or three people people that you stop and talk to all say, oh, yeah, that's, that's the place to go. That's, yeah. Best bang for your buck? Yeah, yeah. You're going to get what you pay for and more. It's not going to be cheap, but it's going to be worth it. That kind of thing. You walk on in to a very quiet, calm atmosphere. Part of it is intentional. It is uh, low lit with candles. There's a pleasant smell in the air. It's 
obviously a uh, an atmosphere that has been cultivated but also you get the sense that in the middle towards the the later half of the day right now it's not a busy time there is a woman at the front counter a dark elf with long white hair that's tied back into a very elaborate braid all the way down her back and she's in a very simple maroon dress that goes down to her ankles and all the way to like up to her neck and down to her wrists very simple and elegant she kind of gives you a smile as you walk in and says Hi, can I help you with anything? Uh, we would like to book some services. We've had a, a rough training session today. Uh, a little sore in the muscles, so maybe some time in the sauna. Maybe get a good, nice massage, kind of work out those muscles so they're nice and loose. Uh, so we're just looking for to kind of relax. I would be more than happy to help you with that. Is it just the two of you today? Would you like... Um, just for now, we might have a friend or two that might try to come by later. Uh, they'll let us know, but just for now, just the two of us. Would you like separate accommodations, or would you like to be together? Uh, for the sauna, I think together is fine, but uh, I think the massage, they can probably be a little bit more maneuverable if we're in solo rooms. And the the Dark Elf looks at you, Travancore... As though just gauging whether everything Carlton has said is also to your liking. Like, kind of giving you the, hmm? Travancore just sort of gives her a look. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, just nods very simply. Excellent. Uh, if you would like full services, our, our sauna is definitely available. It's just been cleaned. We do have masseuses available of a, a variety of styles. And certainly, and she kind of... She looks you up and down in that appraising, in that very professional appraising way of, I'm going to tell exactly what you need right now. I have a lot of surface air. I, know, I understand my, my cost goes up. <laughs> and she smiles and she says, do you also need some healing services? I feel pretty okay, but my buddy here, uh, we went a little hard and I think he's a little rugged. I, I'd take some healing if offered. Excellent. We can definitely take care of that. For both of these services, it's going to be 10 gold each, but it should cover pretty much anything unless we discover that you've got some more major injuries than what I can see. So 10 gold each for the massage, the service, or the sauna, and the healing? Yes. Uh, I pop down 30 uh, and say, just in case anything else pops up, and then uh, or extra tip, and we'll, we'll figure out the rest at the end, but just carte blanche. Thanks, buddy. My name is Dala. I'll be taking care of organizing everything today. If you have any other requests, just let me know. What names should I put this under? Uh, put it under Carlton. Carlton. And she... And that's with write, a Q. She writes your name. She actually gets it with a Q the first time. Like, as you're saying, with a Q, she's already Q-U-A-R-L-T-O-N in kind of this elegant script. Um, you are escorted back to a locker room where you can... Uh, she also, like... Shadow is welcomed in and seems to be included, Travancore, with all of your services. They uh, seem to be not at all bothered by anything that you are you are presenting to them. And you do find that as you go on in, the, the rest of the atmosphere of the Peacewell Spa is that same kind of quiet, almost meditative it's it's almost that this is this is going to be a meditation experience, but it's it's more of a calming atmosphere. It smells faintly of lavender, but not overpowering. And all of the people in here just seem to have that gentle walk of 
they're they're kind of content and happy, but also this is kind of their job. And they're all in these long red either robes, dresses, pants and a shirt, some some version of the, the deep maroon. And yeah, as you are led back, Jonathan, you head on over to the academy. Are you looking for any of the professors in specific or would you like to go anywhere first? I think he's going to, given what he saw with the Dark Star spell, he's going to go to Professor Trugust first. Okay. Uh, You go to his door and knock and very quickly and promptly he has opened the door. He nods to you, looks you up and down, and then just moves to the side to let you in. Jonathan the Magimuscular shuffles in. Bucks swoops in and lands on Jonathan's shoulder as he walks in. He closes the door, sits down, indicates, once again without speaking, indicates the seat across from him at the desk. Jonathan the Magimuscular does one of these where he's like sitting down and he's like... Obviously you were successful. Yes, uh, everyone is alive, and the Ultraloth is dead. Sent back to his- Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. And the spell? Expended, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular actually takes a pouch from his, uh, from his belt, a very small pouch, and this is what's left, and gives it to Professor Trugust. You place it down on the desk, but he doesn't touch it. He's regarding you very closely. And he says, thank you. I would like to know as many details as possible of the casting. Jonathan the Magimuscular, he stinks for a moment and he kind of like falls back into his chair. It was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen. It was horrible. Terrifying, powerful, beautiful. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Professor, you probably probably wanted something a little more quantifiable for that. And uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular goes into some arcane details about how when he was casting the spell, it felt like there were more of him. Even just reading the scroll, it felt like there were other versions of him doing the same thing but slightly differently. And he describes the area of effect, the seeming effect on the, the, the victim and uh, starts a- after his initial reverie of remembering like what the spell was like, goes into a very clinical description of the spell, the effects, ha- what the trees look like after all that good stuff. He listens intently. He doesn't take his eyes off of you. He does not take notes. He nods slightly at points as you speak, but he lets you talk and give as many details as you feel appropriate. He does not look abashed when you get into more esoteric concepts of how it felt. Uh, And as you finish, there's this long pause and he says, I'm sorry. It was, it was necessary, I think. And I don't know if I'm going to be ready for that anytime soon. But when I am, may I come back? You may, but that is why I am sorry, as I knew that was something you needed 
but it may not be something that we can ever do again. Well, when that time comes, I'm sure two master evokers of the Neverwinter Academy for the Arcane Arts might be able to crack it. Perhaps. Your experience would be invaluable at that, for sure. I appreciate the detail in your recounting of events. I trust you will be cautious in telling others. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular honestly wouldn't know how to describe this to anyone who wasn't already tangentially familiar. So seeing what this is, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to be very cautious. That is the wisest course of action. If I find out more, I will let you know. I would ask you the same, as well as that extra caution, for both your safety and mine. Well, Professor, I, sir, I recently unlocked the ability to travel between planes. So who knows? And as soon as, if I hear anything else or have any other leads or information, I'll send it your way. I appreciate that, but as you travel those planes, be mindful. Your safety is not worth more information. Don't ask unless you feel comfortable. This is a power that is more dangerous than just what it does. And now you understand, and that is why I am sorry. Bending reality is our, is our business. This felt like breaking reality. <laughs> And for the first time, possibly ever, you see him smile a little bit. And it's wry, and it's self-effacing, and it's a little abashed. And he says, and it is addictive. Jonathan the Magimuscular just breathes in straight through his nose and just kind of very gently nods. And that's why caution... And that's why apologies. I see. Well, um, again, thank you, Professor. Uh, sir, I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and uh, let some of the other folks know. Professor Wood especially. she, You know how she is. Uh, and uh, I'm going to... Apparently, we're getting massages. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go do that. And Jonathan Magimuscular is smiling. But it's... He's smiling in that everything that... Professor Trugust has said has landed hard, especially the addictive part. And he's just hey, brave face, tried to smile it away and get back to normal. And he's gone back to that stoic expression. Uh, as you say this, he stands and escorts you back to the door. And, and as you leave, he does say, tell the others I am glad they are all okay. Can do. Thank you, Professor. Hearty handshake. He will shake your hand. Um, and as you head over to go talk to Professor Wood, Bernie, you arrive at the Temple of Integrity. And surprise, surprise, Cleo is there, despite the fact that around now would be the time in where they would be getting ready to go to the Fist and Cheer or perhaps do something else. Uh, they are there. They are alone, currently cleaning the front area where the 
sermon area would be. She's just like gently sweeping up. Give me a perception check as you walk in. Okie dokie. Uh, that's a dirty 20, but a 20. Nice. Two things catch your eye. One, this place is immaculate. Why is she sweeping? Two, um, this place is immaculate. Why is she sweeping? And then when she turns and they have this huge smile on their face and drop the broom and rush over to hug you, it makes a little more sense. Bernie! Ah, You know, when you left, I was so worried. I'm so glad you're back. It's just you. Where's everybody else? At the the university and getting massages. But, but they're okay. They're alive, okay, alive, okay. Definitively not dead. Okay, good. All right. Oh, that's great. That's great news. So uh, I know details, but I'm assuming this all means good things. Yeah, good, good things. Yeah, that we, that sounded it, like a question. That sounded no. I good things usually good things, not good things. Well, we are all alive, and the good. thing that wanted us to wanted to kill us is probably not going to try that again. Good. Though he definitely did try that. You know what I mean? Like he tried and he succeeded for a couple seconds, but that's fine because diamonds. You know, I don't, but I do. But okay. All well, right. Yeah. Um. Well, one of us sort of died. Or died, and you you did the thing. I did the thing. I did the thing. It was it was fine. I did the thing. All right. Um, well, yeah, bless no. Bay. That's good that you were there and you had diamonds and that your friends and the whole nine the whole nine yards. Yeah. Yeah. No. Bless bless Bay. Can I? Uh, can you help me with something? And you find yourself. By the time that sentence is out of your mouth, the door is closed and you're in the kitchen and somehow she's already made tea. Like during this entire discussion, despite the fact that it was only like 45 seconds and you were concentrating on Cleo the whole time, she's now handing you a cup of hot tea and you don't know how that happened. Uh, Bird's going to say, oh, thank you. Uh, and she's going to do that thing where the tea's too hot to drink. So you just kind of hold it next to your body. Yeah. With both your hands on the mug and you just kind of sm smell it. It's so nice. It's like you don't need the tea. You just need to hold the mug very close to your face. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you need? Well, I've never really, I mean, I've done a version of this before and I'd like your, your, your opinion. I know you sort of do, you're a little more fighty and a little less spellcasty, but I thought, you know, our powers combined, right? There's a woman I want to talk to, but I think she's been dead for a while. Okay, that is a problem, but not 100% insurmountable. Who who you want to talk to? Her name is, um, Priya. And who is this? Uh, well, I think I owe her a little bit of a debt of gratitude. She sort of held on to one of my friend's souls for me for a little while before I could get there. Oh, the, so someone died and you did the thing and you brought him back. And, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Is but this someone I, you know? Well, yeah, but he, he always introduces himself as the Viceroy of Perconum, so I don't actually know his last name, but her last name can't be Viceroy of Perconum, right? She laughs and she says... No, the 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 woman you're trying to contact, the the dead person, the I'm assuming a relative. It's not someone you know, though. 
No. No, I don't. But I know she knows how to make this thing called chai, so I feel like if we could get some of that, <laughs> it comes in a cup. That, Look, I mean... I will... You... Everyone listening to this podcast exists in a world where they know what chai is. They know it either just yeah. stands for tea or they drink chai tea, and I have oodles of it in my pantry downstairs. I had some earlier today. There is Stop. no reason oh. that Bernie would know. I love you. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason, in the same way that Travancore wouldn't know what the fucking apple is, there is no <laughs> reason that Bernie would know that chai just means tea, because no. there's also a very wonderful article about why there's only two words for tea in the entire world, and they are chai and tea. <laughs> so, Cleo is, like, nodding and smiling, and they say, this is a very nice thing, and yeah, I'm not... The kind of person who can really help, but I think you have to know the person if you're going to contact them, or you have to have a body. And so I think, unless you got a body, or unless you really know the person, I think that's going to be hard to do. I don't know how you would do that. I think you need to talk to your friend whose who's family member helped you out. I do have another idea. I mean, ideas are good. We could go to the Plane of the Dead. Just for, like, a minute. Uh, which one? And Bernie, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I don't. No, that's fine, that's fine. You would know that when creatures on the Material Plane die, and their soul leaves for good, or for at least a while, they tend to go to the Plane that, if if they are a devout person of a certain god, they will go to the plane of that god. There are also planes of existence for people who are not necessarily devout, but good people. And then there's the nine hells for the bad people. So there is a variety of places that a soul can go to after they have died. And so uh, those are various planes of existence that are, some of them are incredibly difficult to go to. A lot of good, fun places. Bay has her own place of existence that you know when you finally pass. And assuming that you've lived a pretty good life, you will be accepted onto that plane of existence and can continue to exist there, maybe be reincarnated. There's options from there. A lot of those planes are difficult to physically go to for a variety of reasons. And then, of course, there's the Nine Hells, which are also difficult to go to for a variety of reasons. Obviously, from the way Travancore described this experience, Grandma is not in the Nine Hells. But you were given no indication of what plane of existence they might be on. And even if you knew where to go, and even if Jonathan had the appropriate uh, iconography to plane shift there, there might be some difficulties. Some of those planes are not meant for living people and the god that's there if there is a god would be angry even if you were there for good reason so you would know all of this which is why when cleo says well which plane you're not stymied by that but you do have that moment of realization of oh yeah i would need to know that you do think give me a religion check I always have to check. I didn't give myself a lot of bonuses in religion, guys. No, religion is an intelligence-based thing. Actually, so here's what I'll do. Give me it's a religion fine. check. I got a 19. We're cool. Okay. <laughs> you think with Travancore's help, you could, with 
some of the spells at your disposal, or even with just asking for help from either if grandmother was a spiritual, a, a being who prayed to a certain god, you could beseech that god, you could beseech Queen Bay. There's some options, but talking it with basically getting this idea out and talking with Cleo, you're beginning to realize you're gonna need Travancore if you want to go through with this. And he's in a spa. I mean, I'm sort of out. I'm sort of tapped. And Cleo takes your hand. You're you're still kind of cupping the mug. And Cleo takes your hands and says, well, there's a couple good things to remember. One, everyone's alive, so there's no hurry. No. Two, something tells me if if their grandparents did that, they probably also know you're thankful because you were the one that brought them back. So you may be trying to do something nice that someone already knows you were nice to do. That true. I would like to know what Chai is, though. Well, sounds like you gotta ask your friend. It's fair. <sighs> maybe, maybe, maybe after we take care of this whole wretched business that led us to the Yugoloth in the first place. I'll come back and you and I will go visit one of the Plains of the Dead just to see what it's like. I mean, are we th in that much of a hurry? No, but it could be fun. We're only going to one of them when we die. We might as well see what the others have going on. Alright, listen. You you might be able to sell me on this. It's going to depend on which plane you want to go to. But for now, the only plane I want to go to is the one that has some tater tots and a fight. Do you want to come with? Oh, yes. Hold on. We got to braid your hair first. You keep forgetting to do that. And if you're going to fight tonight, you're going to get all ripped out. And then I'm going to have to heal you. And let me tell you what, my friend. Woof. There ain't no more healing left in this machine. It's all right. That's what that's what you pay the gold for is so that you show up and you you take your lumps and then they heal your lumps. No, that's embarrassing. That's don't embarrass me in front of another cleric. Act like I can't heal you. We'll figure it out somehow. But you're not getting healed from some other asshole standing outside the ring. <laughs> and you spend some time braiding their hair and getting them ready for the fight because now that they know that everybody's okay, they're gonna they're gonna go fight the fist and cheer. Jonathan, you do find Professor Wood who, unless there's anything specific you'd like to talk about, is a lot of, Jonathan, you're okay! And you are hugged, and then you are hugged again, and then in the middle of telling the story, you are hugged a third time, and then uh, multiple times Professor Wood makes you reassure her that all of your friends are safe and okay. If you do mention the spa that they're at, she says, Oh, the Peacewell Spa! Oh place is fantastic. You have to go tell Dala I said hi. She will be so happy to know that I see they have so few people who come by in the middle of the day. It'll be fantastic. You must go. Get yourself a massage. I don't even know all the evocation that you've been doing. How do you even have how are your shoulders not knots? Oh, they they kind of are. That's hence the uh, the thing. One word. Well, one moment. And then Jonathan the Muscular in the Telbond says, Professor Wood uh, says to tell Dala hi. And Carlton and Travancore, you are currently an hour into whatever spa treatment you would currently like to be having right now. And you know Dala is the the dark elf that greeted you at the the door. And she seems to be... She's not taking care of you directly. She's like 
tour guide in this spa. So basically she shows up every like 25, 30 minutes and uh, with whatever you're doing and has asked how things are, if you need anything changed and what you would like to do next. So uh, Travancore, what are you in the middle of doing an hour into this experience? Ooh, mud. Nothing, nothing relaxes the muscles quite like mud. I feel okay. like as a naturalist, it kind of makes the most sense that he would do something like deeply associated with, with earth and nature. So the next time um, Dahlia comes by, um, when she asks, like, I was like, well, I'm good for now. Everything's fantastic. But, uh, but a friend asked me to say that Professor Wood says hi. And Dahlia smiles and says, oh, yes, she's one of our most favorite clients. She comes on a weekly basis. It is always a pleasure to see her. Uh, will she be coming by as well? I can prepare her favorite room. Her favorite masseuse is actually here if she would like. Uh, I don't think so, but hope springs eternal. And she nods to you. Uh, Carlton, what are you in the middle of doing? I'd imagine that, like, seeing Travis Corp be like, Carlton, you gotta try a mud bath. Be like, hey, you know what? I am all about, like, relaxing. You know, sometimes we do so much for this plane. Sometimes you gotta do a little self-care. So I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take follow on this one, uh, bud. And, like, probably just be, like, deep in that mud bath, like, up to the neck. Be like... Hold on, we can ask. Hey, Jonathan, does Professor Wood want to come by? Her favorite masseuse is here. Also, do you guys have any, and I say out loud, also, do you guys have any drinks with, like, little fruits in them? Absolutely. Would you like something alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Uh, let, let's, you know, it's it's been a day. It's been it's been quite a day. And he's, like, slowly stroking his beard, <laughs> eyes closed this whole time. But get me something strong, please. So strong. And you will very shortly be brought a lovely... It's a very light, refreshing cocktail and also a giant pitcher of water as, um, <laughs> as know. <laughs> well, these kind of experiences require a lot of hydration. And so mm. it's less about the intoxication and more about the uh, not wanting to get dehydrated. Uh, Jonathan, do you what do you tell Professor Wood anything? Is there anything else you want to talk to her about before you leave? Uh, no, just at the at at this point, he's uh, Jonathan the Musker is just going to kind of smile wryly and say, well, Professor, uh, I don't know what the rest of your day is like, but I've just been informed that uh, your favorite masseuse is currently in-house and <gasps> your favorite room is ready. So Jonathan <sighs> the Magimuscular kind of gets next to her and sticks out his arm. It's like, if you would like to join us, you are more than welcome. And she, for a moment, goes to grab it and then stops herself and says, that is so incredibly kind and I would love nothing more. Oh, Eugenio has... Just magic hands. Uh, unfortunately, I have a class I have to teach tonight, and I really, they are getting ready for finals, and it is very important that I am there. So please convey my deepest appreciation. Uh, let them know I'll be by as soon as possible. But you, you go, 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 go. Have fun. Have fun. Thank, thank you, Professor. One, one more hug, and then... <laughs> she hugs, she waves. Bernie, do you spend the rest of your evening at the Fist and Cheer or do you join your friends at the spa? Bernie has a lot of confidence that she will spend many more spa days with her friends. But her current time with Cleo is really limited. So she's going to uh, get a uh, plate of tater dots uh, that are smothered in ketchup and it's going to weigh about as much as she does and she's going to um, do her best to charm and uh, a non-watered-down beer out of the bartender. And uh, she's going to spend the night 
uh, heckling and uh, putting dubious bets uh, <laughs> and trying to cheat people out of their money and eating tater tots and watching her 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 best friend uh, from childhood uh, fight people like they used to do when when they were kids. When you enter. Cleo is greeted as though this is Norm from Cheers. Everybody seems to know their name. The watered-down beer that you get is, like, you get the sense all they have is watered-down beer, but then when Cleo is there with you, you get the cleanest mug and you get the least watered-down beer. It's still eh. But the tater tots, you have to admit, they're really good. And yeah, they're super good. Ah, beer, really good tater tots. Cleo participates in two fights. The first one is six seconds. It's almost embarrassing, the the dwarf that they are put up against. The second one, Cleo actually loses. And so uh, you come away even. The money that you win in the first gate in the first match, you lose in the second. But uh, you do notice that you are not charged for the the tater tots or beer, and that even after losing Cleo and the the elf that they have fought, it they kind of it's not a knockdown fight. It ends up in a a wrestling match that pins Cleo to the ground, and so. You get the sense that if Cleo had been able to get in a punch or two, they would have won. But this this is a little more wrestling than fighting. And Cleo seems pretty happy with how they did. Doesn't really... Is still smiling and happy even though they lost. And you have a fantastic time. Jonathan eventually joins the other two at the Peacewell Spa and have a nice relaxing evening of enjoying the accoutrements of the spa uh, even Shadow, who does not participate in the mud bath for reasons that should be obvious, but everything else is is washed and pampered. And you do find out there is actually a, a masseuse there who specializes in animal companions. And so Bucks and Shadow get two separate uh, massages and both of them are a little freaked out for a moment and then realize how awesome it is. You and hear how- in the call. Which is echoed by all of you. (laughs) And I just go, enjoy it, Bucks. Enjoy it. And uh, as as this scene fades away and we will say you finish your your joyful evenings and have a long rest, we will pick up tomorrow or not tomorrow. We will pick up next time tomorrow morning where not only will you have rested and recovered, but I believe you will have leveled up. We will decide from there where you would like to go and what you'd like to do. But first, let me give you some experience for describing a moment with your grandmother, which was very sweet, for barometric, which was, I laughed more at what I thought, for an interesting discussion about Carissa and and where to go to next, for thinking about contacting grandma, for going to the spa, for realizing that sometimes power comes with a price, I'm going to give you a total of 9,000 experience to split between the four of you, and the next time we get together will be the next morning! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. 
We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeon drunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvian Sailor Tweak, John Oddie, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.